Welcome to The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom, a Warhammer 40,000 podcast based in southern Ontario. My name's Ian. And I'm Jason. Alright, and this is episode 10, a small but large milestone for us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think it's a, episode today's a little bit shorter, I think. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of, I kind of did the math in my head of the segments, and uh, I think it's a little bit shorter. That's okay. A little yeah. shortened to the point. Yeah, so... Uh, our main topic tonight is we're talking about the Finisher Army Hobby Challenge that we're starting up for the show. And mm-hmm. uh, we go over it pretty quickly, but on top of that, we have hobby progress, games played, rules lawyering on a Deep Strike, and Beyond the Rim. So, uh, all great stuff coming up. Yeah, Beyond the Rim, we can find out what I've been spending all year. way too much of my time on lately. Yeah, I also <laughs> want to spend a lot of my time on that. I've been so tempted to get that game. <laughs> I need to find uh, PC gamers. So, yeah, if you play, are playing The Division on PC, let me know, and we can be best friends online. <laughs> I will play that game. Uh, be sure to check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash wrongsideofthemaelstrom. We're on itoysoldiers.com, and uh, you can contact us via, via email at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, if you're local to Windsor, my home storm is Brimstone Games, and we've started up a miniatures night on Tuesdays. So uh, come by between like 5 and 10 is usually when most people are there. And if you're in Toronto uh, and you want to get a game in with myself, mm-hmm. Jason, uh, feel free to contact me on Facebook, and I am normally game at uh, Games Workshop Young yeah. & Lawrence. And if uh, you're local to Windsor, join the Great Windsor Table Warriors over at iToy Soldiers, because we have uh, regular club days twice a month and great group people. And great community online, too. And I also want to do a quick plug. Um, if you're in Toronto, we've mentioned this on the last episode. Uh, we're doing a Kill yeah. Team campaign. Uh, check out um, the Facebook page for Games Workshop Young and Lawrence, and you'll see an event, Return to Colorax. That's the Kill Team campaign. So if you're in Toronto, if you want to get in some fun, short skirmish games, yeah. feel free to sign up. Yeah, Come on I've by. Uh, got the link up on our Facebook page, too. So definitely do that. Oh. Okay, okay. Can I bring us into the okay. episode? Okay, I've never done this before. <laughs> Alright, well, we'll see you on the wrong side of the millstream. You are now entering the wrong side of the millstream. With your hosts, Ian Clough and Jason McKendry. Alright, our first segment is Hobby Progress and Games Played. Mm-hmm. We talk about what we've been up to the last two weeks, mm-hmm. so I'll go first. Go for it. So, in front of us, I got my Grav bikes, or Space Marine bikes with uh, Grav guns. Mm-hmm. So, finally finished those guys up. Yeah, you've been working on them. on them for a while. Yeah. Slowly, slowly, getting it done, finally. Yeah, so they're, I like the, how they turned out, looking pretty good. They, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, there's pictures on Facebook, but uh, they're the Ravenwing bikes that come with the Dark Vengeance set. I did the wing parts like black with a, a gray highlight, yep. so like my Sanguinary Guard. So I think those, I think they look really sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also painted up my Chapter Master kind of on a whim. Uh, my buddy Dom was coming over for a game and I wanted to use him, so I just base coated him. Yeah. Because I had, like, his calf done or something, like, one little <laughs> yeah. part of his armor. 
That's how I do models too. I tend to do like um, like I have one of my models here. We'll talk about afterwards. But like I'll do like an arm at a time. Like I'll do all yeah. the base coats and then I'll just like find detail an arm, mm -hmm. a leg, the other leg. Right. And this wasn't even details. Like just it, the base. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only color on was some bronze and one leg. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, this one looks stupid, so I quickly slapped the base coat on him. Then I went back and kept working on him. Um, I turned near a librarian. I was kind of working on it at the same time. He's mm -hmm. done too. So, um, like my biker sergeant, I did him like African sort of descent with black skin, mm -hmm. and this turned out a lot better than the biker sergeant, like with high, like very light highlights. Yeah, you got the highlighting on his face proper. Yeah. Yeah, where the bike sergeant didn't really. It looks fine, but it didn't turn out as well as that guy. Your uh, your layering, your highlighting is getting a lot better too. Thank you. Yeah, I might go back and touch up his shoulder pads because the red's kind of meh. Like, um, it's it's not layer, probably. Yeah, another layer of the, mm -hmm. not the highlight, but the base mm -hmm. there. Uh, I also brought out my reclusiarch, my head chaplain. So Yeah, you put a photo of this guy on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, he's just primed right now, but you built him. And you're you're getting really good at kit bashing. You're getting really yeah. good at making like custom characters and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah so it's the, I'm uh, not the biggest fan of like the... I like Rosius. Yeah, I like the tip of it, but I don't like how the wings like curve in. Yeah, so I wish that they were like flat. Yeah, so if people don't know, it's the blood, the new Blood Angels Jump Pack Chaplain, mm -hmm. with a head swap for a Space Wolf guy with a mutton chops, <laughs> a backpack swap for like a Death Company backpack. I think. What did the, you say on the Facebook page? You were like, so it's a face only a mother could." Yeah. Have. So hideous so, space wolf face. So stupid. So awesome. <laughs> so, but for this guy, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> going to make my Terminator chaplain my head chappy, but this guy's taking the cake. <laughs> uh, I also, so I took his, the jump pack from this model and put it on the Empress Champion model mm -hmm. and put a helmet crest on him and gave him a storm shield, and that's my fourth company captain. How do you find painting, um, like, human skin? Um, I find it pretty easy. Yeah, I honest. used to always have, I mean, I haven't done it in a while, but... Um, and by a while, I mean, like, several years. Mm -hmm. um, but I used to always find it hard. I mean, I have no trouble painting cow skin. Yeah. But I think it's, like, a darker blue with, like, a lighter blue highlight. Um, I, just, I, would find, I would think finding, like, painting humans going to be a little bit it, tougher. It depends on what uh, race you're doing. Yeah. So if it's a white guy, what I do is, like, I base coat a flesh tone. Yeah. And then do a red wash. Oh, a red wash. And then yeah. highlight with, like, a lighter flesh tone. That would make sense. I'm so used to washing with just either... Because well, I mean, we play Tau, right? But even like the Space Marines that I have, the Space Marines that I have are all they all wear helmets. Yeah. Right? But I'm used to only washing with either Agrax or Null Oil. Mm. One of the two. And I really haven't branched out yet into like these other. Like I have a blue wash for my Tau guys. Yeah. But like I haven't branched out into like a lot of other washes. Yeah. Um, similarly for black skin, I do a Mornfang brown base mm -hmm. and then an Agrax wash. And I don't know what the lighter brown is, but like. You know, well, it was like a scrag the, brown, which is almost like a. It has a like a. It's lighter, but it almost has like a little more of an orange in there as well. Yeah, so I mean, you can just you know experiment, but that's uh, it's the same usual like base wash highlight mm -hmm. that I do for all my stuff. Mm -hmm. So he's just getting yeah. finding those proper colors, I guess. Yeah, I, I like the red wash because it gives them kind of like a ruddy look too. So. Yeah, um, that's what I really like about the Games Workshop painting. Uh, the paint line, yeah. The paint line is that they like they do have that progression, for yeah. Everything. And I don't know. I bought that painting issue of the White Dwarf that comes with it, mm. so I actually have like the full. I don't have to go into the Games Workshop store and look up online. I can actually pull it out at any point. Yeah. Like, oh, this color goes well with this one because unless you've taken like art courses to actually know like color progression and what works yeah. well with other colors, like 
It does get a little difficult. Yeah, the guys that they have my dwarf are really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing too is in I found it. I see it in GW Young Lawrence. I don't know if it's in other stores, mm-hmm. but they have this giant long poster. That yeah, that's the one that I have. I have a small version of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, where it shows yeah. you like if you're dry brushing, use these colors. If you're layering, use these yeah, colors. Yeah, what it has is like a bunch of Space Marine backpacks mm-hmm. painted different ways, and it shows it shows you the paints and what to how to get that look on. Yeah, like what um, order they were mm-hmm. used in, and it's like that's so cool. I like it too how it shows the end result with the backpack, so you yeah. can actually see like okay, I, like even before you pick what color you want to start with, you can even go reverse. You'd be like, I like that color scheme mm. and then work backwards from there to see what colors you would need to make yeah, the exactly. look like that. Right? So I can look at it and I'm like, okay, I want that result. Here's the colors I need to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the order I need to use mm-hmm. them in. And even if you don't want to use the Games Workshop stuff, work, the Games Workshop stuff, um, there are a few websites online that show you the conversions from Games Workshop paints to the closest to other, other brands. Yeah. So you can just find out what paints you need to use, go on the web, go online, find out the... Mm-hmm. The, the other brands, yeah. and then you just go buy those other brands, and you can still get that exact same result. Yeah, I don't know how much of it you listened to last night, but Independent Characters just did a great episode. Yeah, on I didn't get. I, I fell asleep during Hobby yeah. Progress. <laughs> okay, well, like their second or third segment's all about. Well, the second segment's all about like washes and stuff, yeah, yeah. and the third is about paints, and they go in like all the different brands. Around, yeah. Right up my alley. So, <laughs> yeah, what have you been working on? So, um, last episode, I said that I was going to be getting a sniper drone team, mm-hmm. and I was going to be building, painting, like, 100% um, by in two weeks from now, I was going to have that finished. But I ended up deciding not to get that team, because it was for the kill team campaign that I'm yeah. running. But I went and looked at, like, the rules for the sniper drones. Man, they're pretty shit. Yeah, and they're expensive models. It's like 50 bucks for... Like a small unit. Yeah, it comes with one guy, I think one sniper guy with like three drones or something. Like yeah. Four or five models, yeah. Yeah, yeah which is um, pricey. Yeah, when you said expensive before, I thought you meant like points-wise in the game. I was like, no, nah, man, it's like 56 points for one guy with like three it's drones. It's like a dollar a point. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're not very good. So I ended up picking up a shield line um, from the Tidewall. Mm-hmm. And part of this was because in the Kill Team campaign, I wanted... Uh, like a home base like when I get attacked I yeah. wanted something that my guys are kind of like based around mm-hmm. but also because in my current 1850 list I'm using it yeah. and it's actually working really well in the 1850 list yeah. so far Jesus oh yeah I put broadsides on it just moving broadsides that reflect hits um, so I started working on that I've done most of it I haven't I'm working on like the round part of it like the control center mm-hmm. I'm still doing base coats on that but everything else has base coats washed all that stuff um, so the shaft is done. You're working on the tip. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> it. Um, I still have to do highlights, but I'm going to wait to do highlights on that. It's not a yeah. rush because the reason why I stopped working on it, I didn't finish the round part yet, is because Shadow Sun came in the mail. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I really enjoy painting like individual characters. Yeah, me too. There doesn't like, you don't have that when you're painting like a squadron of guys. You have this like feeling of like, yeah, I have to get this guy done and then go to the next guy and then go to the next guy and then go to, yeah. I have to get the whole squad done or it's not complete, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas when you paint an individual model, it's just like, I can spend as much time as I want to find details on this individual guy, make him look mm-hmm. super, super good. Um, so yeah, I've been working on her. Um, all white, definitely difficult to paint, yeah. but um, I ended up using an airbrush. So I, uh, I learned from um, a guy named Josh at Games Workshop really really good painter really good at airbrushing I learned a tip from him on how to paint white mm-hmm. so I um, 
primed him gray. I primed all my stuff gray. Yeah. And then I airbrushed him eschen gray, mm-hmm. right, to get that darker, real dark yeah. feel to it. And then um, the third color down from white. So it wasn't uh, Ulithian gray. Dawnstone? Maybe it was Dawnstone, yeah. I think it was Dawnstone. That's what I used. And so I took Dawnstone, uh, really watered that up for the airbrush, sprayed it um, almost everywhere, like over top, but really I leaned down to maybe about 90. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't get those deep crevices. I wanted to keep that eschen gray in the deep yeah. shadowed parts, right? But almost everything else got sprayed Dawnstone. Yeah. And then I took Ulysses gray. I think that's how you pronounce it. And then I hit it from like above just to maybe like 45 degrees. Just so I'd hit like a little bit of the feet, the pads, the like all the flat parts that are yeah. being exposed, get those highlights on, and then uh, left it like that, uh, did all the rest of my base coats, and then, then I went back and I started highlighting, um, was it just skull white? I think that's the name of it. Diamo. Or just the, the basic, basic white color. White um, layer. Yeah. And just started highlighting all the edges of that. And I don't know, that worked on my ghost kill helmet from when I did white. Mm-hmm. It's starting to work now on this too. Yeah, it looks good. It has like that natural, because it's the airbrush, has that natural like white to gray fade to it. Yeah, I didn't notice the edge highlighting before, but now that I'm looking closely at it, it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. And then uh, the classic red eyes. I like that fiery red hair. The theme that I had for my towel army was everyone was going to be wearing masks. Yeah. Like no one was going to have their head exposed. Mm-hmm. But I, fig- I figure she's like, she's Shadow, Shadow Sun. She's the leader of the towel army. Right? Yeah. She's allowed to not wear a helmet. Yes. Yeah. That fire red hair is pretty awesome. It stands out in the whole army. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to yeah. be sporting that on the tabletop. Well, plus with the white armor, that's going to be a central piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. She's also like an awesome model. Her rules are so sick. I mean, she's like 170 or 175 points, but yeah. she's really, really good. Two fusion blasters, 3d6 jetpack yeah. move. And yeah, you played against her. <laughs> yeah, the jetpack move doesn't help. When you well, roll five, when you roll but... a five, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you got any hobby goals? Um, yeah, so last time I said I was going to finish my bikes and work on terrain. So I got half that done. I haven't worked on any terrain. Uh, we're going to talk about this uh, painting challenge we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I've counted up over 100 models that I need to do. I just bought Centurions yesterday, so it's <laughs> now like 104, I think. Yeah. So I'm going to try and get those done for the deadline at the painting challenge. So i got a couple of we'll talk about that later, yeah. yeah. But um, do you have any short-term goals for the next time we record? I'm going to try and get some of the easy stuff finished mm-hmm. in my list that is almost done, but I just neglected to do. So mm-hmm. there's five Assault Marines without highlights. Yeah. So I want to do those to try and build some momentum. Yeah, not only that, I really find that like if you go back and you do like the highlights, because you know highlighting, it can take a while, oh, but, yeah. but also you finish a model, you finish unit 100%. Yeah. And you get like this sense of completion. Like, yeah, okay, now I'm on a roll. Now I can really get back into something. That's else, what right? I mean. Like, oh, I'll do that, and then maybe I'll do a land raider or yeah. something. And yeah. Just try and build momentum for the hobby challenge. So you want to get that one unit highlighted? Yeah, it's not even one unit. It's like half a unit. Mm-hmm. It's five out of 30 assault marines. Just like <laughs> are missing the final details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I want to try and do work on some terrain because I got like a building that needs to be assembled that I've like I've cut out all the pieces yeah. from foam core and I just need to add detail and then put it together and paint it. Right on. What about you? What do you want to work on? Um, so keeping it small, well, small kind of not really, but I want to finish Shadow Sun because she's probably about like I want to finish basing 100% and everything like that. Yeah. I probably should have that done middle to end of next week so I want to have her 100% mm-hmm. right now she's probably about 
60, 70 percent. Really? Done. Yeah. 60? Um, it's like 80 from here. <laughs> and then I want to finish the round part of the tie wall, which yeah. shouldn't take too long also. It should really only take me like like two nights maybe to finish. Yeah. But yeah, I'm keeping it small, simple, but yeah. uh, and then maybe get the highlights done on the tide wall if I finish all that real fast. Yeah. It's looking, the tide wall looks amazing so far. Yeah, I went with that classic, um, I put a small teaser up on Facebook, Yeah, but I haven't, I haven't added everything in, but um yeah, I went with the classic color scheme that you see like on the box when you buy it, like that. Um, the towel ochre. No, it's like not even towel ochre because the orange is a towel ochre. Oh, this is that a, one little orange spot. Yeah, this is like a tan with like a light gray, like a purplish gray kind of. Kind of like desert camel mm-hmm. almost. The thing I like about this tide wall as well is that shield line is actually like a removable piece. Oh, it's um, one piece. Yeah, so you can take it out as you're painting it and then That's put it back important. in. Yeah. <laughs> Because that would really suck to have like, to scrape you, off all that paint. Yeah, can you take it out next time you play me? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> I need that shield line. <laughs> all right. Um, I guess we'll talk about our game at the end. So you yeah. played against Noah in the special. Yeah, yeah. So um, just earlier this week, um, I made my 1850 list for my Tau that I'm really trying to work towards like being a tournament list. Mm-hmm. Like It is pretty dirty. It's got some very tournament-esque like, Death Star units in there and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but I want to test it out as much as I can because I've only played with it twice so far. Mm-hmm. Um, because on paper, very good list. Yeah. On the table, I still need to learn how to play it because yeah. it does have a lot of short range stuff. Mm-hmm. Which for Tau, but it's supposed to have like it's short range, but it's supposed to have like counter thrust moves and stuff like that. And I'm tactically wise, I'm getting better, but I'm still not the best. Mm-hmm. So before I go to a tournament, I really want to play this list, just like get as many reps in with yeah, this yeah, list yeah. as I can. So I told Noah too, I was like, okay, by the way, just so you know, like, this is a really dirty list, let's do it. But I know the type of gamer that Noah is, and he does have, he's cool with playing both types. Yeah. So, and he can make a very dirty list as well. Yeah. So he ended up bringing um, new Space Wolves, and he brought, um, I forget what the whole detachment's called. Their Decurion? It is their Decurion, but their Decurion is different from a lot of ones, a lot of other ones, whereas there's different ways of doing it. Yeah, they have a lot of different core selections I mean. that represent different great Yeah, companies. so it's like you have the yeah. overall benefit of the of the like decurion attachment, but then there are different ways of running it. So he ran the Iron Wolves one, which is okay. you pay for your transports, but you get free upgrades for your transports. Uh, yeah. So you basically just like you take Razorbacks and you give them auto cannons and you give them dozer blades and you give them that they have an upgrade that causes minus two to leadership on Whoa. on tank shock. Okay. Yeah. And it also allows them to move an extra six inches in the movement phase and still disembark. Holy sh! Now you think, oh, that's crazy. He's assaulting you. It is still just Razorbacks, not assault vehicles. Still. But he's still getting in your face. Yeah. Right. Was well, a troopian moving eighteen inches in one turn? Yeah. So yeah, getting in a bolter range. For yeah, sure. exactly. Double tap in. So, um, so uh, he ended up having first turn. No, I ended up having first. Turn. I forget. No, no, he ended up having first turn because I wanted him to come towards me because mm-hmm. um, like I said my list isn't like the longest yeah. range list uh, so he decided to keep everyone in the tanks first turn and just like he knew that if he sat back I was just going to pick him apart mm-hmm. so he just like bum rushed me and did a lot of like um, not turbo a lot of flat outing first turn yeah. most of his units and so he had I think it was six or seven Razorbacks on the table and then he had two packs of like the Great Wolves I think they are Long fangs with the heavy weapons. No, 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 no. The on oh, the Thunderwolf Thunder Cavalry. Cavalry, and yeah. well, one with his warlord, and then one with another guy in it. I think. Okay. Like a sergeant or something like that. Yep. 
No, he wasn't in the main character though, because he ended up leaving one and joining another unit. Yeah. Um. So those were coming down too, but my main goal was like, okay, those are coming to tank shock me. That's the plan of this list. Yeah, yeah. And so I have to focus on taking out all of the tanks first. And luckily, like I have this one Death Star unit, which is six crisis suits. Uh, one having like the buff mander stuff. He's not a buff mander, but he has like the command and control node. He has the rerolls to hit, ignore cover, tank hunter, monster hunter. Yeah. And then five crisis suits, all with psychic ion blasters and target locks, so they can all target different vehicles. Yeah. Either strength seven, AP four, assault three, or strength eight, AP four, small blast gets hot. Yeah. But the rerolling to hit, you don't get the reroll that gets hot because it's not twin linked, but you mm-hmm. still get to reroll your scatter. Okay. Um. So I just like. Right off the bat, I was like, okay, I have to take out these tanks. Yeah. I tried to take out as many as I could, and I think I ended up taking out um, five of the seven that he had. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then one was sitting back, because mm-hmm. he didn't want to rush them all in. Yeah. And then one was coming on one of the flanks that I just couldn't get. I didn't have enough firepower to. Mm-hmm. Or I think I just glanced it to death or something. I was like, it still only had like one or two hull points left. Yeah. Did some damage, but not enough. And then the next turn, I realized there was only one tank left. So I was like, I'm not so worried about that. It's still not an assault vehicle, and the guys haven't gotten out of it yet, or whatever. Right, right. right. Or the guys had gotten out of it, and the tank was still coming forward, so I wasn't... But the guys were still far away, not enough to assault. Yeah. And they also weren't, like... Because there's two different types of troops for Space Wolves. Like, they have, like, the assault guys, and they have the bolter guys. Um, yeah, there's the blood claws, which are, like, the young guys who are, like, super excited, mm-hmm. but, like, not as talented. So they have lower weapons, couple of skill, but they have rage, I think, mm-hmm. or something like that. And then there's the Grey Hunters who have Bolter, Pistol, and Close Combat. Yeah, okay. so it was the first and group. And Counter-Attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was they're the, really good. It was the first group of guys, so I wasn't yeah. too worried about them. Um, but the the Thunderwolf Calvary, or whatever, they were coming Should in. Should be concerning. Yeah, so I was like, okay, this turn I'll focus on those guys. So I focused on those guys, mm-hmm. and because he was in my face, I couldn't branch out. I couldn't move forward that much. Yeah. Or else I was just going to get surrounded by vehicles and by... Mass amounts of troops. Not that I'm too worried about the troops, but still, like that many amounts of troops, like five yeah. men here, five men there. So I started working on the troops, starting working on the cavalry, thinking one tank, I shouldn't have to worry about it too much. Especially, I had an ethereal in there too, so almost everyone in a bubble was in a bubble of, 12, of a leadership 10, right? Right. Ended up, third turn, tank shocking me, mm. right? Going through two units, a marker drone unit and, uh, and my ghost kill unit. I'm like, okay, well, I got leadership 10. Even leadership yeah. 8 should be good. I failed both of them. And because I was on my table edge, they both ran off the board. Nice. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> right? Um, so that was like a huge blow blow yeah. on my team. Um, but we ended up, it didn't go extra turns. We ended up being turn 5, and it was 9-9 nine, nine in the end. Oh, so we're having a draw game. Yeah. Boo! <laughs> Um, They're both losers. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, though. And both of us were like, man, I wish this game would have gone a little bit longer, but uh, we want to get in a rematch. Yeah. This, really is, tried this was Maelstrom War? It was Maelstrom, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. I wouldn't mind playing more ITC games with it, because most of the tournaments I'll probably end up going to will be ITC. Mm-hmm. So I want to get the feel of playing ITC missions with this list. Yeah. Especially if I'm going to tournaments later this year, it's probably going to be the same ITC missions that they have for this season. Um, but yeah, how about you, man? So, i played a lot of games, so I'm just going to highlight two of them. Yeah, let's not be here for two hours, eh? <laughs> don't tell me what to do. So, uh, I was saying earlier, Dom came over and we played 2,500 points. He was playing Eldar and uh, borrowed a bunch of my Dark Eldar to practice with. Yeah. Because he, for his Eldar, he wants to do all four 
armies, so like Corsairs, Harlequins, Craftworld, Dark Eldar. Mm -hmm. And I brought space... Yeah, Space Marines. I didn't bring any Centurions or anything like mm -hmm. that. And I was running my Chapter Master in a Land Raider with Salt Terminators and like uh, Sanguinary Priests, giving them Feel No Pain. Mm -hmm. And ran a bunch of Drop Pods, some others. Oh, that's the other thing I ran is my uh, new Stern Guard. Mm -hmm. I ran like five or six of them. Sweet. So he was proxying the Forge World Wraith Knight, the Scratchy or whatever it's called. The Sriracha Knight. Sriracha, yeah, there you go. <laughs> We talked about this before. He didn't run it with the... Uh, with the Hellstorm weapon. Yeah. Because we don't have... Neither of us have that template. Yeah, which is interesting because I feel from everything I've heard about that model, that's why you run it. Yeah. Well, I'm very thankful he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's running like these D3 plus one Melta blasts or something at range whatever. Yeah. I don't know, 72 or some bullshit. Well, but no, so not, no. It's oh, like 24. Oh, okay, that's a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe 36. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Um... But he moved it up really fast to like shoot at some of my tanks, mm -hmm. and I counter assaulted with dropping in stern guard next to it, unloading all their melt combi meltas, unloading terminators and assaulting him, mm -hmm. wiped it out one turn. Nice, nice. Except it took three times its points to kill. But yeah, well, I mean that's with big monsters creatures like that. That has yeah. to be the case, right? You got to put all your firepower into it and. I find that that's the best way to play a game is like focus fire. Like, yeah. that Wraith Knight is dying this turn. Everything starts shooting at it until it dies, and then I move on to the next thing. Because if you wasted uh, three quarters of your army on it, yeah. and it still has one wound, and that last quarter of your army, you don't at least try and take that wound off, mm -hmm. you still just gave it another turn to attack at you. It's not like Age of Sigmar, where those big wound monsters, the more wounds you cause, the worse they get. Yeah, exactly. No, it stays the exact same. So it's yeah. the same amount of damage. You might as well just. Spend the units to take them out. No, yeah, that's true. So that was very satisfying. So Actually, I sorry. Speaking to that, uh, I played a game against um, Greg, I think. Well, no, Jordan I played a game against. And basically my whole army mm -hmm. shot at a flying hive tyrant. And it didn't have a lot of skyfire. Yeah. But I ended up taking it down with basically my whole army. But that was key. Like, yeah, I had to yeah. just spend everyone to try and take down this guy flying, or he was just going to tear me apart. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um... Where was I? Wraith Knights. Yeah, I hate Wraith, fucking Wraith Knights so much. <laughs> I had an argument on the forums, like my group's forums, about a, someone was saying like an avatar was shit. I'm mm -hmm. like, no, that's bullshit. And then he was like, whoa, why would you take him when you take a Wraith Knight? And he was saying that pretty much about every other union in the Elder Codex. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so your argument is the Wraith Knight is vastly undercosted. I agree. Yeah. That doesn't mean the other units are shit. Yeah, exactly. It just means that in like competitive gaming today, why would you take something else when you would take the the unit that's amazing? It's like the people yeah. that they'll take, um, you know, six Riptides. Yeah. You got two elite choices or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or three elite choices, and you can um, take nine of them. Take nine of them, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Dom ended up picking me apart after that. My land raider blew up, so my guys were huffing it. He had uh, two units of scat bikes, two units of warriors and raiders with splinter axe, and he, using an archon, deep struck ten wraith guard in my lines with mm, their like yeah. D, not their not the flamers, but the short range oh, okay. D weapons, so yeah. like twelve inches, but ten shots. Mm -hmm. So that hurt. I think that's what killed my land raider. And then I tried taking out the uh, wraith guard with like everything else, and it just did, I think I killed like one of ten. Really with. Like Sternguard shooting at I didn't just have just rolling like, really well. The problem with Wraith Guard well, is the same, same thing with Space Marines is you have to have like mass quantities of shots. Yeah. Like that's how my like 
we played a game yesterday, we're not going to talk about it, but like, you had your Terminator squad with the librarian, mm-hmm. and it was still only six models, but I fired my broadside unit at it, and with the goal of, it's only AP5, AP4 yeah. for some of it, but like, just make you roll those saves, yeah. eventually you're going to start rolling some ones, and I ended up... Yeah, I mean, when it got down like two or three models, I could not feel uh, fail or feel no pain to save yeah. my life, yeah. or it did save my life. Anyways, so... <laughs> But yeah, and I failed like a critical charge too, which is typical mm-hmm. for me and like all this other shit, so I just got picked apart. Can you put smoke launchers on a land raider? I think it comes with its dog. I don't know. I think, I'm pretty sure you can. The way that you play your army, because I mean, you have an assault unit in your land raider. Yeah. I mean, I know the land raider's a good model. You tend to take the crusader though, which has what, 24 inch range? Uh, yeah, I take the crusader if I'm generally running terminator, so I'm about characters with I them. would consider, um, Putting smoke launch, like popping those smoke launchers first yeah. turn and barreling down the center or something I, like that. Yeah, can you use smoke launchers if you move flat out? I don't believe so. Do smoke launchers happen? I don't know if they happen in the shooting phase or if they happen in the movement phase. It's a good question. We should look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I never use them, so it's not well, like any I, of my stuff has. I don't. I think it's one or the other, like flat out or smoke launchers. Yeah. I usually, you if usually I'm not shooting, out, I'm yeah. flattening out. Yeah. So that's part of the reason I don't use them mm-hmm. very often. Uh, yeah, so that was a dom up in the floor. My own floor. My, <laughs> own, my own army. So it's sort of a victory for me. Cause 2,500 points. I haven't played a game that large yet. I don't know if I... Now I probably have the points to do 2,500. Well, you end up... What I end up doing is t- putting too much points into characters. Yeah, yeah. So that eats up a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the Death Star... Not Death Star, but like Terminators with Sangrain Priests, Chapter Master, and Land Raider. That's close to a thousand. Yeah, you end up putting a lot of like extra so, gear on guys too and stuff like that yeah. that you normally don't really have to put them on. Like yeah. if a guy's going to die, a guy's going to die. You just spent the extra points on them. I feel like that many points just start putting in more units, more models on the yeah. table. It was definitely an experimental game. Like Dom was running stuff he'd never run before. I was running like things like my Chapter Master was the first time I fielded him. Yeah, yeah. It was using custom rules so he was like his Thunder Hammer ended up being Strength 10, and mm-hmm. his Hammer of Wrath and Eternal Warrior. So, Oh, also plug for the, the character creation. We are yeah. going to do an episode soon talking about character creation. For you. Yeah, so I updated some custom character rules. They're on iToy Soldiers, so check them out. They're, uh, I think they're pretty balanced-ish. Mm-hmm. You, pay point, you can make some dirty Work in rules, progress. but yeah, they're beta. But anyways, so. yeah, we're going to talk about that in a few weeks. Yeah, so speaking of custom characters, I played Aaron in a campaign game. And he was bringing his uh, 30k Luna Wolves, which are allowed in the campaign. I was bringing my Blood Angels. And we both had custom characters. He had his Praetor guy, which... Is oh, this that. is Aaron that did the podcast with us. Yeah, a few months ago. Yeah. yeah, so his Praetor is, like, really beefy. He only has three wounds, but it's just deadly. And my captain could not stand And he also up. ended up bringing, what, that Sicarian too, or...? No, he didn't oh, bring really? Sicarian. <laughs> yeah, so 1,500 point campaign game, so he brought... Two twenty-man tactical squad units. Excuse me, and two or three dreadnoughts. I think that was it. Oh, plus his predator and like some upgrades in the tactical squads, mm-hmm. like a sergeant with power fist, and that was pretty much his whole army. Mm-hmm. And I brought like a lot of shitty little like MSU units and stuff. Like I brought Devastators for anti-air because he usually brings an aircraft. And I brought my sanguinary guard, my captain, and. I remember one on grav bikes, and like I just got picked apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what he had. His sergeants had interceptors, so those big twenty man units were intercepting when I like drop stuff in. Mm-hmm. So that was a pain in the ass, and I ended up charging his uh, mob 
with the praetor, with my sanguinary guard, because they're like, all right, we got to get our two leaders in challenge. It's going to be awesome. They're both custom characters. Mm -hmm. He just mopped the floor with me. Because my <laughs> captain's carrying an eviscerator, so it's like unwieldy double strength and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he's running this AP2 at initiative six sword with like five attacks re-rolling to hit. Mm -hmm. So he, It's like my Emperor's Champion when I put him with Grey Knights. Yeah. And give him Hammerhand. And so it's, oh, it has like... So he has strength eight, uh, AP two, initiative six, same thing, yeah. right? Like, so yeah, Aaron and this sword too on sixes it to wound it's instant death. Oh wow! So I naturally that was the first save I failed yeah. on my captain, so he dies, and the next like and this was a custom character that he yeah had? yeah I don't know I feel like if I went up against custom characters I would just like I would never try and challenge them I would just always try and shoot them down yeah which made well you play tower right so. I feel like any army you play, I feel like yeah. custom characters are going to be way better in close combat than they are going to be at, like... Yeah, the, the way the rules are set up is it, it there's not a lot of shooting stuff in there, yeah. or, like, buffs, because that's, it turns out it's really easy to abuse. Yeah. With, like, you have a green tide with shrouded and hit yeah. and run. So, that's not fun. Yeah. So we, um, yeah, so first wound, captain dies. And the next four or five wounds wipes the sanguinary guard. So all that's left is my one sanguinary priest. Yeah. Like twenty guys <laughs> with like ex bolt pistol and wet close combat weapon. Yeah. And like oh, so yeah, that was pretty much end of the game. We kept playing, but um, aside terrible. from like the special characters and stuff, how do you feel about playing against thirty k stuff? It's um, I used to be against it, but it, within the current meta, it's no worse than like scat bikes or decurion or yeah. I find that too. I, I find that when I play against thirty k armies, there tends not to be a lot on the table. Yeah, they have special rules and stuff like that. But when we played in the Highlander tournament, I played against a thirty k army, and I just yeah. looked at it and I was like, "You have like four or five units on the table. Mm -hmm. This is really easy to like focus fire." Yeah, a lot of your stuff. Right? I, I think the sweet spot for thirty k I've heard is twenty five hundred points. Yeah, yeah. So. It's you don't end up fielding a lot, but the thing is, those units are really good, and they they can take a lot of special weapons. So their devs can take like ten heavy weapons. No. They get special squads at like ten guys, all with melt guns, or ten flamers, or ten plasma guns. Yeah, and their characters are really dirty. Like Aaron's character, he was buffed with the character rules, but he already had like that sword that was out of his codex, mm -hmm. like. AP2 an initiative with sixes instead death. Yeah. Like, that's insane. He had like five attacks without upgrading with the characters, mm -hmm. with the character rules. So, don't get me wrong, those character rules definitely help, but it, you can still make a really dirty character just out of the book yeah. with 30k. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you're paying points for it. It's, I, I'm not sure if the points are really balanced. I, the, I feel that it's probably undercosted. Like, I was looking at a unit analysis. People say, like, oh, 30k, it's. Yeah, it's only 10 points of Marine compared to 14 and 40k, but you pay more initially. I'm like, well, actually, if you're buying full squads, you're saving yeah. more points, I think. So, anyways, it's... I would say the 30k fall as a, like, very good non-Decurian army. Mm -hmm. So, I feel, and probably people are going to rage at me for saying this, but I feel like 30k can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with 40k space marines but they're not using company uh, squad, whatever the hell the company thing is with the three free uh, tanks. You know what I'm talking about? Like the they're de Decurian. Demi company? Dem no, not the full company. Oh, okay. Like, anyway, the the Decurian where they get free transports. The space marine Decurian. Or like against Eldar without Decurian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Against Tau without like 
crazy formations. Mm-hmm. If you're just running a single CAD, I think 30k can stand up to all those top tier armies. Yeah. But against, like, you know, Necron to Kyrian detachment, they're probably not going to do well. Mm-hmm. So I think they're really good, but they're not stupid good. But compared to, like, Blood Angels or Dark Eldar, it's an uphill battle. What's interesting, like, I don't get a lot of practice against 30k because yeah. as much as it seems like everyone at my store is collecting a 30k army, Nobody I never, we were actually talking about this in the store the other day that like everyone seems to be making a 30k army but I have never seen anyone actually play 30k in the store yeah well we have three there's three 30k guys yeah so you guys have 30k constantly in the rotation of armies that you're yeah. playing against um, which would be interesting I'd love to have play against them more often understand it more yeah it's because they have weird weapons that you don't see in 40k yeah. and like it's like oh those bolt marines can like quadruple tap this turn oh, wow. the fu- yeah they get like a fury of the legion where they get hmm. extra shots and they have yeah. to spend the next turn reloading cool um, the other thing too is there's no prime arms in the campaign hmm. anyway so last night we played a uh, floor hammer zone mortalis we did yeah that so was pulled up on Facebook of the map reviews we a little interesting you actually clued in on this um, a few weeks ago when we were at GW playing the overkill game the death watch yeah game that came out. It's because you should listen to everything I say. <laughs> I try to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we you saw it and you were like, you know what, man? I want to get this game. I was like, it's really, really fun. And you're like, but also that, those, like um, tiles. Tiles, because it's a tile-based game. Yeah. You're like, those would make a really good Zone Mortalis table. And sure enough, we happened to stumble upon two sets of them. Yeah. And we yeah, so someone more tiles last night. So yeah, we put the two sets of tiles together, and then uh, yeah, played some floor hammer, thousand points. It was I've never played zone more tiles before, but I've always wanted to. I just yeah. haven't really had the the means to do it. Yeah, like had a corridor table, or like I guess you could put train close together to make like corridors and stuff like that. But it just wouldn't be the same, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we played a thousand points. My tile versus your uh, blood angels. Blood angels. Yeah, I didn't run them as raven guard this time. Mm-hmm. And, man, I fucking love chucking frag grenades and zone mortalis. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, I didn't read the rules like you did. You told me some of the rules. I was reading them, too. Yeah, yeah I wasn't listening. Yeah, well, <laughs> whose fault is that? Um, so, like, I knew that certain things had shred, but I didn't realize it was, like, all blast mark. Like, I didn't, it's all blast templates. That all templates and all blast markers have uh, shred. Have shred. So re-roll them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, my list, I knew I was going up against Space Marines, so I did a like a five or six man crisis suit squad with a captain who had like upgrades and fusion blasters and they all had fusion blast two shadow blasters and counter defense systems so um, overwatching on fives instead of sixes now one thing that I I like about zone mortalis but that's because I play as Tau is when you're firing overwatch what's it called it's reaction fire reaction fire so you roll an initiative test for, before you fire your Overwatch, and if you pass the initiative test, you fire at full ballistic skill. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was making my list, I wanted to find like a way to get drones in there, but I also took a Breacher team, so I wanted the 5 plus involved, so I gave them drones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my Crisis Suit team, I gave them four gun drones, because since I had um, Shadow Sun with them, yeah. I had Stealth and Shrouded, so that's always nice to add like, those extra gun drones in there. Yeah, yeah. Plus, since the gun drones have um, uh, Pulse Carbines, they, it's a pinning weapon. Yeah. So even if you cause one wound with those four gun drones, you cause pinning on the unit and they can't assault you anymore. Um, at least that's why I understand how the rules work. Well, that's what we played last night. Yeah. Charging a unit, get take casualty from the gun drone, and roll boxcars on the pinning <laughs> test, which would have been the charge distance. Oh. Yeah. But the, the reason why I like you take drones, because Tau normally only have initiative two. 
Yeah. But you roll on the highest initiative in the unit. Yeah. So with the drones, I have initiative four. So I'm passing initiative tests like it's nothing. Yeah. Firing on full Overwatch, full ballistical Overwatch with melta guns, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm just taking out squadrons of Marines before they even get a chance to yeah. turning that like four or five inch charge into like an eight or nine inch yeah. charge. Um, the only thing is, it's very hard to like because I was seeing crisis suits and stuff like that. They got wider bases. It's hard to with the long corridors to like mm-hmm. fit all those guys. And I have to like strategically like okay, I'm gonna line these guys single file down the hallway so all the melted guns can yeah. fire down. Right. To, to be fair, those tiles do give you like really narrow corridors. Like, those ones do, yeah, a lot more narrow uh, than you would get from like the Forge World on yeah. the tiles table. But still, it's a lot of fun. Would also be good, like Zomortalis kill team matchup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd make for just a great kill team table. Yeah, table, even if you just played regular kill team rules, right? Yeah. Like it would still be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I was hucking frag grenades every chance I got. Yeah, I mean, I, I ended up almost tabling you in the end, or I think you I did pretty too. much did just that one sergeant. The one left. sergeant fell back, regrouped because of they shall no no fear yeah. or whatever came back and I had closed the door behind me to protect an ethereal yeah. so it was like one breacher guy left with his drone and yeah. then he wiped out three guys Ugh. one guy fell back came back hucked the grenade at him and killed him and then ran away yeah uh, the way I see it because the sergeant had a power fist he just like heaved the grenade and it didn't even explode just like beamed him right yeah. in the skull <laughs> so that was you no know, but the grenades because they don't go through walls they just stop and explode yeah. they don't scatter very far and everything's super clumped together already yeah. so you're getting like six seven hits with one grenade with one grenade it's yeah. only strength three but it's shreds you're re-rolling yeah, yeah, yeah. so like fours are hitting on winning on fours or fives and re-rolling and re-rolling yes yeah. please probably a little, a little bit tougher against space marines to do well I was doing it against your crisis mm-hmm. suits um, in stuff, kill team but... it would probably be a little bit harder because your grenades are one use only Oh, yeah, that's true. So you kind of have to time it properly. I mean, you can't always just buy more grenades. You could buy, like, six grenades for each guy and be throwing grenades every single turn. Or just, right? like, each guy throws it once. Yeah, or like it's you said, if you took um, Scions and gave them grenade launchers, yeah, you could just jump, jump, jump. You'd just be grenade launching yeah. down corridors, right? Yeah, that'd be. I'd love to take that. Mm-hmm. I think. I've been thinking about buying some Scions for a, um, just, like, how to have a kill team. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I've been playing a lot more kill team lately, especially since I'm, like, organizing campaign. Yeah. But just in general, I like playing Kill Team games, and I've really gotten into the idea of just buying, like, you know, $80 to $100 of this army, $80 to $100 of that mm-hmm. army, and just having, like, my Kill Team squadron of what I would do, yeah. right? Well, maybe um, Skitari. That'd be cool. I, mean, I don't know if they have a lot of templates. I, I, uh, I was talking to someone about, um, I want to start, like, an all-fly, like, not an all-flyer army, but, like, a lot of flyers, and apparently there's a Tempestus... Uh, Formation that gives you like flyers, and then they the flyers are also transports. Yeah. They like drop out of the transports. They just grab shoot down and everything. Yeah. So that might be a, a way to start my flyer army. Although I've also been thinking about maybe doing Eldar. Yeah, you know what might be Necrons have tons of flyers and flying transports. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I just realized that. Just never really had a call into Necrons. <laughs> oh, I want to get Tempestus guys for uh, Inquisitorial Stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. This is the models are so beautiful, expensive but beautiful models. Yeah. I might need to get some now that we're talking about it. They're basically just, uh, well... They're, they're stormtroopers. Yeah, Pure but I mean, like, stats-wise, they're kind of a mix between, like, Tau and Space Marines. Because they have that 4-plus save. And they have Blisco 4. But they have Blisco 4. They also have AP 3. I don't know if you know that. Strength 3, AP 3. Depending on the weapon that you give them. Isn't, isn't their basic weapon Hotshot Alaska? Yeah, I think so. Oh, is that AP 3? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, okay, yeah. So they're, they're really good. But yeah. that AP4 kind of counters it. I think they have another like weapon you can swap that out, like a primary weapon mm-hmm. you can give them all. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk about our game yesterday at the store? Yeah, we can talk about it if you want, yeah. So um, 
I'll just go over it quickly. Yeah, go. All right, so Hammer and Anvil deployment, 1850. Jay's bring his dirty list with the broadsides on the flying little penis. <laughs> and uh, I brought a Lee list. Bumped up from 1500 to 1850. So yeah. To be clear, commanders. we said ahead of time, like, let's, we're going to play a Do competitive a, yeah. game, right? We want to practice our list that we're going to be. Yeah. And uh, so I was running a Skyhammer, too, and Jay had this, like, giant unit of Shadow Sun with all the crisis suits. Yeah, like I said before, with the Cyclotron, yeah. Stealth Shrouded, 3d6 move. Yeah, so you have first turn, and you jump forward, shot them, and then. You didn't have a lot on the table to start off, so I figured if I jump forward with them, I can at least take out. Two of the three units you have on the table. Yeah, you took out my Razorback and then the Scouts. Yeah, and, and I then did one hull point on the Land Raider. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so, and that was all that was on the table, yeah. plus the units inside the transports. So, my turn one. But I wanted to throw those guys forward to take out the Razorback and then jump back. Yeah, and what did you line. roll? On 3d6, I rolled a 5. Yeah, <laughs> so I left myself to center of the table, no... Like supporting fire, like yeah. hardly any supporting fire or anything like that. Yeah, so I sensed, I smelled blood in the water and yeah. sky hammered in all around that unit. I also have a lot of early warning override, a lot of interceptor in that list. Yeah. But the problem with that is you can use it, but then you can't fire the next turn. So my thinking was, my thinking, Overwatch, yeah, well, my thinking was, I'm going to like kill that, like I'm going to go first, take out some units, you're going to come in, I'm going to take out more units, and then I'll take out so much that. I'll be in a good position that I won't have to fire so much in my turn. I'll like reposition and stuff like that in my yeah. turn, and that's it. Then maybe after an hour, Ian will get to play. But yeah, but uh, yeah, you dropped so much down in deep strike that even my interceptor just wasn't enough to handle everything that was coming down. And at that point, I was like, "Great, I've spent all my fire and I've killed hardly anything." Like one centurion, maybe five assault marines. Yeah, four assault and marines, now actually. I can't fire again on my turn. Yeah, so. Yeah, dropping in the full sky hammer and centurions and draw pod. The devs target the um, crisis suit unit, so they can't fire overwatch. Which is huge because they all have well, not AP four, but they have a lot of shots. Yeah, and then I target the other dev squad targets the ghost keels, which is the only unit within six inch supporting fire. Yeah, so they can't fire overwatch either. Yes, yeah, so now no overwatch. Hit them with two assault squads with their jump packs and just wipe the whole squad out. Basically, yeah, you fell back and I crushed yeah. you. And then I kept assaulting stuff and we were playing Maelstrom and I was getting points. But then you had one turn where you just like I had one turn floor. where I got some. I was using the tactical supremacy cards. Yeah, um, which I had used once before. They had loaned them to me at Games Workshop. They wanted someone to test play them, mm -hmm. so I played them and I really liked them. So I ended up buying them yesterday and using them when we played. I really like those cards. Like, they still have the typical, like, go get this objective, go get that objective. They have um, raid objective or something like that, storm objective. So it's like, yeah. it that's kind of a hit and miss where it has to be like, well, objective one. So that means you have to already have objective one, and I have to take it. Yeah. Well, I was already holding on to it, which means that I have to just save this card, hope that you take objective one, and then I take it back. And that was your backfield objective. Yeah, so I just stuff, threw that yeah. one away, right? But, I mean, it's Maelstrom. You're always going to be throwing objectives away. Yeah. But it was really cool. So in one turn, I ended up getting uh, two D3s, and I got threes on both. And then I think I got Warlord kill that turn as well or something yeah. like that. So I ended up getting seven points in one turn. You pulled ahead there, and then I by that point, I'd lost so much stuff, I couldn't really Yeah, well, the shield much. line really helped out, because you were firing your grav guns at my um, broadsides, and I was rolling sixes on my cover saves. 
just and when with the shield line, if you're within one inch of it, if you roll a six on your cover save, it bounces back, causes an automatic wound or glancing hit with the AP of the weapon that you fire. Yeah. So shooting back AP two at yeah, your grabs. Yeah, AP two grabs auto wound. Yeah, I'm just you're hitting I, me, and I'm just sending right back. To yeah, you. I really don't like that thing, especially because like okay, Lander Crusader comes up with Hurricane Bolters. Yeah. And now they just glanced itself to death. It doesn't make a lot of sense, yeah. but. It's also only 10 points more than a bare Aegeus, which is... Yeah. Anyways, that's... Powerful. And it's a moving Aegis line. Yeah. I mean, granted, it is a lot smaller than an Aegis line. Yeah, and it's power creep. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I said it at one point yesterday. It's like, you know what? I'm not so much pissed off at the Tau. I'm pissed off at Assault in 40k. Yeah. So, like... Like the Assault chart where you, you almost never roll a hit on fives. Like yeah. if Tower were rolling hit on fives most of the time, that would make my life a lot easier. Yeah. I mean wounding on fours I mean hitting on fours wounding on fives is still tough. Except it's not. It's the ghost kill hitting on fours wounding it's on fives. It's a monstrous creature. It's a monstrous creature. It's a Tau with monstrous three attacks. creature. Yeah, that's insane. That's standard. Uh, it's still I don't think it's I, unfair at all. If you're running at a monstrous creature with five guys, like you should be losing anyways. Unless those five guys have, like, instant... Unless you're, like, Grey Knights with Force or something like that. You're meant to lose that battle against a monstrous creature. I don't know. I still here's think the thing, Here's powerful. the thing. And I'm, I'm not taking a shot at you or anything like that. But you play an Assault Army, and you want it to be... Every Assault you're in, you want to win easily. No, I want to win every Assault easily against Tau. That's a difference. Well, okay, but... Okay, then I'm shooting. I'm a shooting army. Yeah. I should be... Any squad I shoot at should die then. That usually is what no, happens. No, it's not what happens. <laughs> Terminators. What about your librarian yesterday? Oh, <laughs> perils twins. <laughs> you know? Okay, three up in Volta. You can't, you can't just, if you have it that, then it's just a game of rock, paper, scissors, where it's I play shooting army and I beat your close combat army every single time. Or something like that, right? Which is what has happened. <laughs> well, well, not always, but at the same time, you charge my... Well, I'm pretty sure one of those assault squads could have wiped out that hole. The whole what? The whole um, Crisis Suit Squad that you took out. Um, yeah. The results would have been the same. You still would have won combat and chased me down. Depending, it, you, I might not have forced you to fail your leadership. My leadership was three in the end, but let's say it was five. five I yeah. still would have failed. Like Maybe. Anyways. But yeah. Ended it, up winning 11-7 in the end, I think. It's just like, okay, here, okay, maybe this is my problem with the Ghost Keel. It's hard to have a good answer for it. Because it's almost always got a two plus. You have to come with cover within, save. If you come within three inches, it's a four plus. If you come within twelve inches, it's a four plus cover save, and he only has three plus armor. Grab within twelve inches would wreck the shit out of that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so my okay. My point is though, shooting isn't very effective. It always has a cover save. Yeah. And if it's over twelve inches, which like tower fast. Yeah. Like yeah. so, it's hard to get out. So if it's over 12 inches, it's a 2-plus cover save. Yeah. So, and if I charge them, it's a monstrous creature with smash and 3 attacks, hitting on 4s in almost every case. So, you so, rolled on Divination for... Did you roll? Yeah, you rolled on Divination for... For your, Divination Biomancy for my two guys. Yeah. Is there a second power that ignores cover? Yeah. What's in it? It's in Divination. It's in Divination? And you guys trying to hope that you get that. I just... I'm sorry, in the current meta of the game... If you don't have Ignore's cover in your army in some way, you're just not playing it right. Yeah. I Because one thing completely gets rid of that. If those 
uh, centurions somehow had ignore cover. You well, I rolled on divination. You tried to get it, yeah, yeah. And I like what? I'm but there must be some way around it to get ignores covering the army without having to bank on on. Okay, my or... independent characters can take auspexes that reduce your library can take an auspex which can reduce the cover save by the one. So I can reduce it by three. Even if both of them use their auspexes, it mm-hmm. only, it's not cumulative. Mm-hmm. So I can give you, it'll reduce it from two up to three up. Mm-hmm. Or I can take heavy flamers, which then you still have your three up armor save. I guess land raider flamers from an infernus or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it's very limited options. Like, your army has a wealth of ignores cover. The main armies I play, like Dark Eldar, have the yeah, best I, they have is a f- yeah. strength four template. Mm. That's it. It has a wealth of ignores cover, but at the same time, if I didn't have ignores cover and you were playing a close combat army, which you do, you could just hop from cover to cover to cover to cover and make it to me every single game. Yeah, I'm not. <sighs> but at the same time, also you have a three plus armor save. Like yeah. there were like two times in that game where I, where you didn't even remind me. Half the time you'd have to remind me. I'd be like, like okay, I used two to ignore cover. And you're like, why are you doing that? Yeah, you don't need to have a three plus cover. Yeah. So it's not like the ignores cover did a lot for your army. It's, it does a lot for the tanks or vehicles. All right, maybe maybe the problem isn't so much that like tower overpower is just the you know, fucking codexes I'm playing playing wrong. No, maybe. or underpowered. <laughs> yeah, that seems to always be my complaint. Anyways, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jason crushed me. <laughs> no, I didn't crush you. Oh, and then I had a, my dice are like fucked. Oh, yeah, we posted a picture on Facebook. We had a, a cock dice roll. On, like, not on a piece of terrain, like, just on flock. It was just, like, I got caught on flock yeah. and stayed. For that. Also, passed the save anyway. Yeah, so also my first turn, I perils twice and got sixes and got three up in balls in both my librarians. Yeah. Anyways, that's about it. So uh, we'll be back. In yeah, we'll come back with a little bit of rules on it. lawyer where jason and i will dig deep into a rule yeah well i mean you put your uh you put your paralegal skills to test i just sit here and make jokes yeah yeah <laughs> uh so tonight we are looking at deep strike as uh, requested by one of our listeners uh i can't remember if he wanted to be anonymous or not so i won't mention dom's name but uh it was <laughs> it was requested by a friend of ours so uh yeah so, yeah, um, I mean, we're going to talk about Deep Strike. That seems a little, like, well, that's kind of generic. But you know what? It's not complicated, but I think it's something that maybe not everyone has, like, really dug into and made sure they know exactly how it works. I know for a fact that, like, when I first started playing again and back when I used to play, I don't think I understood um, all the rules behind Deep Striking. Yeah. Um and really, like, when to use it and stuff like that. Yeah. So I just kind of, like, steered clear from it. I don't even deep strike a lot right now, but at least I know the rules now behind yeah. it. All right, so uh, we'll start with reserves, I think. I'm going to go off. We're looking yeah, okay. off notes, and it's, I'm going to change the order around a little bit, Jason, just to keep <laughs> okay. you on your toes. But yeah. uh, I think this makes a little more sense. So reserves are on page 135 of the big rule book, and um, you... Bring in units one at a time. So you roll for them as per procedure, and then the last paragraph on page 135. When reserves arrive, pick one of your arriving units and deploy it. And then talks about usual deploying procedure. Then, mm-hmm. and what are the what are the rolls again for turns? Because I always mess always up. on it. Turn it's two, on turn two, and turn three. It's a three up, and then on turn four, it arrives automatically. Oh, okay. That was a mistake that I had made. 
early on too was that I wasn't sure if it was like three up, two up comes on automatically or four up, three yeah. up comes automatically. I always thought it was like a progression towards getting easier. Yeah, through the additions, it's changed a lot too. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then different formations might allow you to roll for first turn on a four up or something different, or and then you have yeah. different characters and warlord traits that can increase or decrease the roll, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Anyway, mm-hmm. so when arriving, when reserves arrive, pick one of your arriving units and deploy it. Then pick another arriving unit and deploy it, and so on until all arriving units are on the table. So the way I read this is you deep strike each unit one at a time, fully. Yeah, you do the full deep strike yeah. with the scatter so, and everything like that, and then yeah, you move on to the next one. we were playing the other day when I deployed my sky hammer from deep strike. I did it differently. Yeah, yeah, I, you, I questioned what you were doing because you laid like, okay, one model, like one unit's gonna go here, and you played place yeah. one model down, and then you moved over to another. You're like, okay, I'm gonna get one unit here, and you put one model down, and you put, you drop pods down. And you're like, okay, now I'm gonna start scattering them. Yeah, and I was thinking, I was like, why are you doing it like that? You're like, well, I want to see where everyone is supposed to go, so I can get a tactical vision of like where all my models are gonna be. But- and I had said to you, I was like, but if that unit scatters into where you have this one, then you're gonna have to take that one. And yeah, I was. Come up with a yeah, new I was game doing plan, it right? Wrong, where because if if I scatter them like that, it could end up being, um, I could screw up myself because that one model that hasn't scattered yet isn't placed on the table. Yeah, exactly. Which actually yeah. is interesting now that we bring it up because that could cause a mishap. So well, we'll get to that later. So um, yeah, you uh, to deploy a unit by deep strike, you place one model from that unit and scatter it. So that's two d six. If it hits rolled. It stays where it is, and if it's a vehicle, you, it doesn't change its facing. So that can be important. Now, once it's scattered, yeah. you take the rest of the unit and place them in a circle in base contact around that first uh, model. And once you can't, there's no room to fit another model. You create a larger concentric circle and keep doing so until the whole mm-hmm. thing is deployed. Okay, can I, I want to step okay. to the side for a second, and we'll kind of like jump ahead and talk about mishap okay. for a second. Okay, so you place that one model, and then you make yeah. a circle around it, right? Let's say you start to make a second circle, but it, the full second circle can't be made because of, like, terrain or something like that. Is that a mishap, or do you then make another larger circle around that? Like, let's say you had, like, a 30-model yeah. unit or something um, like that. I don't, because I wasn't too clear on laying models down, like, when the circle causes a mishap. I know. I know that if you come into touch with like an enemy unit, that's a mishap, right? But what is like impassable terrain? Okay, cause? so if any of the models in a deep striking unit cannot be deployed because at least one model would land partially or fully off the table in an impassable terrain, or on top of a friendly model, okay. or on top of or within one inch of an enemy model, you do a mishap, and that's page one sixty-two of the rulebook. So a mishap is for impassable terrain. Yeah, it doesn't as well. specifically okay. say difficult terrain, but like I've had situations where I've gone into a ruin and I couldn't deploy properly, and that, that's kind of what I'm saying. If you can't deploy properly, I would think yeah, that's a mishap. So if you can't put a model in base contact with another model because of terrain, then technically that's a mishap. I think it. Mm-hmm. I generally would allow my opponent to keep going anyways if it was... Yeah, I, was I, I do as terrain. well. And it, all difficult terrain is dangerous terrain when you're deep striking. So all those models can yeah, yeah. dangerous terrain tests. So 
I would allow them to keep going and like maybe fiddle with their, maybe have like a half concentric circle and then another half concentric circle or something. Yeah. But if yeah. it's in passable terrain or like another, or an enemy unit, then I say like, no, you know what, this, this scattered too far, this is a mishap. Like you can't place that, yeah. you can't place that model and without um, hitting my unit, that's a mishap. However, yeah, yeah. but rules is written. Anytime you deep strike and train, and the models can't be placed properly, that's a mishap. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually, I played a game uh, two mm-hmm. weeks ago, I think, where a unit of gargoyles yeah. came down, and he started making a circle with the gargoyles. And because the unit was mm-hmm. so big, and those models have the wings and everything like that to get them yeah. like around, this I think it was the third circle that he had to do came within one inch of my guys it wasn't touching but the bases came within one inch of each other so technically it was a mishap but i was like okay well you didn't know that so yeah we'll just keep going you know it's a this is a miniatures game it's not chess like it's it's not super precise so i mean it depends on the thing if it's if it's like a game-breaking moment in a competitive environment yeah i'm gonna call my opponent on it but it's a friendly game. i usually don't care Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just saying to remember that the size of the unit that you're deep striking, you have to remember they have to make that the circles oh, are yeah. get bigger and bigger and bigger to make sure that you don't come within that yeah, one definitely. inch of your enemy. Um, the other thing you have to deep strike onto the ground floor of ruins. I actually mm-hmm. I didn't this is, know that and sorry, I fucked that up before. So this is a great tactic against the Marlock because it comes in from reserve on the ground with a large yeah. blast template that I think is like strength 10 AP2 like twice that. to clear out what's there. If it, and if, if he doesn't clear yeah. it out, it's a mishap. But two back-to-back hits of strength 10 AP2, I believe that's the side. It's AP2 for sure. It's either strength 8 AP2 or strength 10 AP2. It might be strength um, 6. But just if you have like a unit that you know he's going to want to try and take yeah. out with that, put it on the second floor or higher of a ruin and you yeah. can't even touch it. Yeah, definitely. But like I've jump packed units through deep strike and land them on the top floor of a ruin, and that like clearly was a mistake, right? So yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because when we talk about the units that can deep strike, um, you have like jump units and jetpack units, and you think of them like coming out yeah. of the air and landing. Yet they would only be able to land on the ground well, floor. I guess they like crash through <laughs> the ceiling or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, come down with such force um, or whatever. Anyways, also, this is something I, I just realized while we're doing this. Units that have already deep-struck on the same turn be placed could cause a mishap. So if you're placing mm-hmm. units close together and then it scatters into one of your other units that's already on the board this turn from deep-striking, that could be a mishap. Yeah, so do you... And you roll to see if, it comes, if the unit comes in and then deep-strike it, or do you roll for all of your units reserves and then bring them in individually scattering because that would be a huge like change in how you're how you're going to play um because you'd probably want your better units to deep like roll yeah, for your better yeah, units yeah. first and have yeah, them come you roll in for all your units to figure out which mm-hmm. are arriving and then you take the arriving units and deploy them one at a time but if you are deep striking a lot of models, you should probably deep strike your better units first. Yeah. That way, they have less yes, of a chance okay. of mishapping into them. Yeah. Into other okay, units. I see what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the next thing is uh, obviously people. Generally, people know this. It can't move 
when it arrives, but it can shoot and run. Shoot or run, I should say. Mm-hmm. Unless uh, they have special rules. Obviously. And then um, it can't assault that turn, again, unless there's special rules. Yeah, but you can disembark from a vehicle yeah, which that's I didn't know. That was another point that I found out today. Like, yeah, that's massive for Dark Eldar because your vehicles can mm-hmm. deep strike. So, so be able to deep strike and then disembark yeah. is yeah, that is pretty really cool. cool. Um, I think that's about it for the procedure. We talked about mishaps, uh, how you deploy models when reserves arrive. Anything else for procedure before we move in to what can deep strike? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think yeah. I've learned more on that. <laughs> uh, okay, so the first off, and this is a direct quote from the rule book, uh, page one six two, the deep strike for regarding what can deep strike. So. All models in the unit must have the deep strike special rule, okay? And uh, you must declare and tell your opponent if they are deep striking when you place it in reserves. So you can't roll for reserves mm-hmm. and say like, oh, they're going to come on the table edge, or oh, yeah, they'll deep strike. You need to decide at the beginning of the game, or when it's going into ongoing yeah. reserves, if that's the case. And uh, a transport may deep strike if the passengers do not have deep strike, so a tactical squad and a drop pod, for example but passengers mm-hmm. do not confer the deep strike special rule to their transport. So jump marines and a land raider don't get yeah, it. I was just thinking that, too. We hadn't even yeah. talked about that before, but to put jump marines I've, on a I've done land raider would be hilarious. Like, <laughs> Anyways, uh, the exception to this is the um, builder webway portal. Yeah, that I was just specifically that, yeah. calls out that it gives the transport the special rule. Which is huge, because, you know, Archon, Wraithguard... Yeah. Flame, deflame oh, so templates. Much, so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're playing Dark Elder and not doing that. Actually, you wouldn't be able to do both. You could put a Archon with Wraithguard, but you couldn't put him in a transport because there's not enough room. Ah, uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, unless yeah. you're using the Tantalus. Well, no, some people put it in. Yeah, I was going to say the Tantalus. But there's that's not enough room in Raider or Venom. Yeah. No. All right, so what, can, what units can Deep Strike? So, if a unit has the Deep Strike special rule, obviously, but there's a couple of special mm-hmm. unit types that have it base. Uh, the first one is jump units, so jump infantry, jump monstrous creatures, jump gargantuan creatures, and uh, flying monstrous creatures, because they count as jump monstrous creatures as well. My god, a gargantuan creature coming in from now, Deep a Strike. a jump gargantuan, not a gargantuan <laughs> creature. So yeah, but still, well, a even scarier. Is specifically, a jump gargantuan creature. I looked that up too because yeah. I was reading the gargantuan creatures, and it's like, oh yeah, it moves twelve and blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, so because mm-hmm. a wraith knight used to be a jump monstrous creature, and then they changed it to gargantuan creature. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they'd given it that rule, but yeah, they did. Yeah. So that's terrifying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, jetpack units, they have it base. So crisis suits, riptides. Um, yeah, I don't know if there... Are there any armies that have jetpack units aside from Tau? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, Corsairs do. I think a lot of mm, the okay. are jetpacks. Maybe Mechanicum, I feel like. I'm not sure. Perhaps, um, yeah. But that's a, that's a huge thing for me, and I should really practice deep striking some of my stuff mm-hmm. more. So... Yeah. I also, I, sorry, I also want to just go back for a second and mention that it's interesting how you see that, like, um, a, like for a unit's deep strike, all models in the unit have to have yeah. the deep strike rule, where it doesn't like confer over, which I guess makes sense because they have to, their armor has well, to be able to 
all bring them down, right? Whereas, like, Infiltrate, if one model has Infiltrate, the whole unit gets to do it, regardless of if they well, have it or not. If you think about it, like, a captain with Infiltrate can care, can give his squad pointers on how to infiltrate, but a captain with a... Yeah, can a guide them in, yeah. ...can't carry attack squad down, like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, stuff that can't deep strike base. Like, obviously, this stuff might have the deep strike special rule, but... Uh, flyers, yeah. so vehicle flyers, don't have deep strike base. Uh, skimmers mm-hmm. don't have it base. Some unit, some skimmer units have it, like Dark Eldar skimmers have, like Raiders, Venoms, Ravagers, they have deep strike as part of their special rules. But the skimmer vehicle type does not confirm, confer it. And jet yeah. bikes don't have it, including Eldar and Dark Eldar jet bikes. Now, uh, what's interesting, I think there was some confusion around this, is in the sidebar for Eldar jet bikes, it mentions the deep strike special rule, but yeah. they don't have the deep strike special rule. So, yeah. Interesting. So the thing is, um, <laughs> if they do not turbo boost, Eldar jet bikes may move up to two d six inches in the assault phase, even if they have shot in the preceding shooting phase or arrived by deep strike that turn. But they do not have the deep strike special rule. Interesting. Um, that's probably meant there are formations that allow them yeah. to and stuff like that, so they throw it in there just or because, like right? Or unit reavers with a webway portal archon, or mm-hmm. uh, farseer using santic demonology on a jet a bike with um, gate of infinity spell, like the mm. ongoing reserve and then moving or whatever, or yeah. like yeah, uh, just deep striking onto the table. But yeah, reavers and. Wind rider jet bikes and whatnot do not have it base, so as yeah. part of their unit type, and reavers don't have it as part of their special rules. I'm not sure about skyriders. I don't think they mm-hmm. do. Check that right now. Do they have uh, outflank reavers. or? Uh, yeah, I was just wondering. That, that would make up for it. The fact that they could zip around to the side of the battlefield as opposed to well, same thing. They're not going to be coming. Yeah, from no, the they sky. don't have any like outflank scout. Stuff. Yeah, so they're, they're still just coming in from reserve on your yeah, table. I mean, they're super it. fast still, so... Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. No, wind riders don't have... Uh, like, the elder jet bikes don't have it. Have deep strike. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, there are also a couple, like, special deep strike rules. Like, I know mm-hmm. you play Blood Angels, so I've seen you use it before, but, like, Descent of yeah, Angels... so that's... Yeah, really so that's a warlord trait for the Blood Angels that uh, the Chapter Master Dante has base, and that allows... Jump units, skimmers, and I think flyers that are deep striking to deep strike one d six less. So I'm only or hmm. scatter, sorry, one d six less. So I'm only scattering d six instead of two d six. And then also, um, if you're using like servo skulls, it has one d six if you if you put the model initially within six inches of a servo skull or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it too. has the same effect of deep as a. Descent of Angel. So if you put them all, if you're deep striking within 12 inches of a servo skull, then mm-hmm. scatter d6 less. And via both, they don't scatter at all. Yeah, and I know that. Uh, oh, is it um, is it stackable? Yeah, yeah I, I, I would think it so. That way the other day. So sorry, <laughs> Joseph and Don, it wasn't. Um, I know Tau have a homing beacon, which is pretty easy to give to a lot of people, and ends up it being I think it's like 10 yeah. points or something like that. And if uh, if you deep strike a unit within six inches of the model with a homing beacon, um, yeah, you don't scatter. There are at all. Several 
several things like that, like locator beacons and chaos icons, stuff like that. Yeah, which at one time, um, for my like take on all yeah. comers list, I was thinking about giving because I take the optimized stealth cadre, so it's two units of um, mm-hmm. stealth suits and a unit of ghost kills, and the stealth suits have infiltrate, but the ghost kills don't. Oh. But the ghost kill is is a jetpack monstrous creature, so it can deep strike. So for uh, it ends up being a little bit more because I think only a sergeant mm-hmm. can take it. So I have to upgrade to a sergeant and then give him a homing beacon. But I think for him a homing beacon is only ends up being like fifteen to twenty points okay. for each unit. I was thinking about giving them both homing beacons. That way, if I come up against a list that I might want to get my ghost kills farther forward or into a yeah. different position uh, to infiltrate the stealth suits and then roll for deep strike on the, uh, yeah. on the ghost skills. Um, oh, just so, because I have it open. Locator Beacon, this is out of the Blood Angels Codex, page 106. Friendly units do not scatter when arriving for deep strike, so long as the first model is placed within six inches of a model with a locator beacon. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, for this to work, the bearer of the locator beacon must have been on the battlefield at the start of the turn. So I can't deep strike a locator beacon and then deep strike next to it not scatter it has to have been on early yeah, yeah but the the fact that only the first model has to be within the six inches and not the whole unit is great for units of yeah. monstrous creatures because you place one monstrous creature down and then the next monstrous creature outside of the six inches and those pieces yeah, exactly. are pretty big normally for yeah. a lot of them at least um so you end up getting almost 12 inches away from yeah the home beacon nice or whatever boost. right so that, that's something yeah, exactly. to keep in mind as well. If you're deep striking a large unit, it if the the concentric circles go outside of six inches, that's fine. But mind you, if you're deep striking yeah. a large unit, you might be pretty close to that homing beacon, so you might mishap if you're so many guys. So that's true too. Mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's about it for rules lawyering. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I think so. No, I think we broke that down. We might start yeah. keep striking more stuff. Cool. All right, uh, we'll take a short <laughs> break, then we'll be right back. You're listening to The Wrong Side of the Pit. All right, and we're back with our main segment for today. We're going to be talking about a painting challenge that we're going yeah. to be hosting. So it is tentatively called 101 Minis Finish Your Army. And uh, this is, I think this is like our first sort of event challenge competition thing that we've done. Mm-hmm, something that we want to get like everyone involved so, in. So it's uh, going to be hosted on itoysoldiers.com. That's sort of like the social media website that we frequent and we use for the show. And Yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't signed up yeah, yet, definitely. get on it. It's an awesome site. It's uh, constantly being like innovated and updated. Uh, hopefully, in the next few episodes, I'm going to talk to Rob, who runs the site. He's local to Windsor. And uh, I put all this information about the painting challenge past him, and he's super excited as well. His stuff... Mm-hmm. I really... I, I love the website because, like, you can... I love the the, um, the hobby progress mm-hmm. stuff that they do. So, like, you can post whatever you're working on, put photos, get critiques, and yeah. stuff like that. It's great. And, uh, we're going to be utilizing that as well. We're going to have uh, it up in the forums. There's also a modeling projects whole section to that, so people can use that too. But the mm-hmm. basic thing is, is we're going to be starting this. It should be up on the site by the time you're listening to this episode. So you can go to iToysoldiers right now and sign up for it. And 
it is going to run into the summer, ending in probably August. Uh, the firm date will be uh, announced in the next week or two by the next episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're encouraging players to finish an army, just get as much painted as possible. Yeah, I know that um, for my challenge for myself for this is I have my 1850 list that I'm going to be working on working mm-hmm. with most of the time, and that's going to be my challenge is to finish my 1850 because right now it's probably only about a quarter yeah. done, but uh, it is a lot of like big mechs too and for stuff Tau, like that. Right? So it yeah. should for Tau, yeah. So it should uh, should end yeah, up. Yeah, I'm going to try and finish my Blood Angel successor, the Storm Guard, which is uh, where mm-hmm. the title's coming from because. Well, when I wrote the rules, it was I was had a, over a hundred miniatures to paint. Now I think it's like a hundred and four with the centurions I just bought. So, <laughs> so it's a yeah, lot of marines. So, if you had an airbrush, though, it would go uh, so fast. Almost everything's base coated, though, right? So, anyway, yeah, so what true. you do is you uh, go online, uh, sign up for the challenge, and post the list of models you want to paint. And you can update this list as you go if you purchase new things and stuff. But you need mm-hmm. to fully paint and base the models for this challenge. And uh, we do, right now we don't have prizes. We're going to do some trophies, and there'll be achievements on iToy Soldiers that you can unlock. Yeah, that's really cool that they do on iToy Soldiers. Is like whatever, like because you on the website you can also report yeah. games and stuff. So you get challenges for playing a certain amount of games, doing things mm-hmm. during games, painting achievements and stuff like that. It's, it's kind of interesting. It has that like Xbox Live achievement yeah. feel. Like I want to get more achievements yeah, exactly. in my gaming. And there's cool things too, like that randomly will pop up. It's like, oh, you got the achievement for playing a battle on the day that this battle was fought, like this historic battle. Huh. Just like randomly, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, because yeah, it's not just like 40k. The website's for all yeah, tabletop yeah, hobby. Not, yeah, like you said, not just 40k. Um, so there'll be achievements for how many models you paint. So if you finish five models, you get an achievement, 10, 15, and hopefully like over 100 or 200 if anyone gets that far. 101. Yes, exactly. And uh, we're going to have prizes in terms of trophies. We're, we're going to finish this event with, or this challenge with a narrative event. We're going to hold one in Windsor and one in Toronto because that's like our two main mm-hmm. cities for this podcast. And you'll be able, you'll bring your army. It doesn't have to be just the models that you painted. You can bring other models from before the event. And we're going to have like narrative games. So every model that you bring to this event has to be fully painted and fully based. That's the requirement. And if mm-hmm. you're not sure what that means, there's no. We're not doing a standard or a minimum because we understand people of different skill levels. So it's what you feel is fully painted and fully based. Yeah, like if. If you think it's fully painted and it's ready to go on the table, then you can use it. But if you're wondering whether or not it counts as fully painted, uh, chances yeah, are it's probably like we're not, not. saying three color minimum, two color minimum, five color minimum. It's when it's fully when it's done, it's done. And if you really mm-hmm. really aren't sure, you can contact us. But I think most players know when a model's complete for them. Yeah, I'm also really interested to see. Um, people do yeah. all their basing because i see like so many like beautifully painted models but then they just left it on the yeah. on the black base and i don't know if it's because they don't have experience doing it they just don't feel like doing it but i don't know having a really nice base for a model just man it makes that model yeah, pop so much more i own two models that are based 
<laughs> yeah, you know, none of your so stuff is based. That's a big... Which is great, though, because once that army's based, yeah, it's going to so look great. Yeah, so that's the big thing for me. I like It's not just the hundred miniatures I want to paint. It's everything needs to get based. Mm-hmm. But basic is, like, once you get into the groove of doing it, it's super easy. Like, like 100 mm-hmm. models, you could probably base it in, like, a few yeah. days, a few nights. Yeah. Right? So... Do your flocking next, let that dry. But, like, flock everything at once. In one night, do sit sit down mm-hmm. and flock everything. Let that all dry, and then for over the next, like, two, three days, really work on yeah, painting definitely. everything. So I'm really looking forward to that. You've been talking up basing to me for such a long time, so... Yeah, I love basing, man. Uh, <laughs> once you once you start basing, you just it hooks you, and all you want to do is base, and then you realize you actually have to. Paint I've off. had some challenges with it, but not putting enough glue. So hopefully, this will be a good learning experience. Yeah, I've also found that like when I do my mm-hmm. painting, I tend to uh, I, I layer yeah. most of the time. I'm not a, I'm not a dry brusher when it comes mm-hmm. to painting models, but uh, like I dry brush yeah. um, bases. So I think that's why I like it is because like. I don't know, yeah. you can move a lot faster. <laughs> uh, so, people are probably wondering, uh, for the narrative event, what are the list-building restrictions, how many points is it? And this is going to be crafted based on the participants, but we want to make it super accessible, so there'll probably be a kill team element, which is 200 points, based on the Herald's Ruin rules. And mm-hmm. it could go anywhere up to Apocalypse. Probably not going to do Apocalypse, because that's a lot to get done in a few points few months but like yeah I'd, if we do one in toronto it, it's not going to be apocalypse but it could still be um you had mentioned to me before about doing maybe a yeah. two game day one being like a kill team game and the results of the kill team game affect the results of the next maybe like 1500 yeah, 1850 game bonuses in that game if you do really well on the, on the kill team level so uh, we were not sure if we're going to like mm-hmm. split up in like order disorder sides chaos imperium how we're going to work it right now, but that's the uh, main impetus to join, is to participate in this cool game that we're going to organize, this cool event. Yeah, and the awesome thing is, too, is you're going to be playing a game with other people that you've been tracking their progress and what they've been painting, and then everything's going to come to the table, yeah. and it's going to look great. Like, everyone's going to have the... Because everything on the table is going to be fully painted, we're going to have some sick terrain yeah, on there, yeah. probably. Right? Get some awesome photos going of uh, this battle that your models that you took the time to actually get down and get all that that work mm-hmm. done on them so uh post your list of models online that you're going to be painting now these don't need to be they can already have paint on them so as but if they're not finished you can put them on there it's so like i have models that are almost finished and i'm going to put them on there because i need to get them done and then i have models mm-hmm. that aren't even built yet that are going to be in my list so i mentioned during hobby progress how i want to build up some momentum by, you know, hitting some low-hanging fruit, like finishing a few assault marines that just need some details and, like, getting some shit-based. Yeah. But then uh, I've got, like, a super heavy tank that I need to do. I've got two land raiders that need to be painted. So put up your list of the models you want to do, and then as you complete stuff, post pictures on the forums or through the modeling projects, and we're going to take some of those pictures, too, and share them on our Facebook page, get people excited. And uh, Mm -hmm. by the time... The event rolls around. We're going to tally up how many, how much everyone's painted, which we might do kind of like a point system where like bigger tanks are worth more than just like one infantryman and stuff. To f- I know, think so that's smart. How, yeah. many, how much vehicles should be, or vehicles and monstrous creatures, or something yeah. like that, should get yeah, you exactly. a bit more points. And then we're going to award prizes for people who've painted the most, and then we're going to do like a painting contest at the event where people 
vote on like what they think the best painted miniature is. Like every player can submit like their best painted miniature that they did during the uh, during the um, what am I trying to say during the challenge, and that like not something <laughs> yeah. that they painted last year, something they painted in the next few months. And uh, yeah, like yeah. I said trophies. We're gonna get little trophies for this, and uh, I think it'll be really cool. Yeah, man. Um, I also like yeah want to emphasize like post the photos of the stuff that you've that you're finishing because i find that when i post stuff online and i get like criticism and like mm-hmm. good comments and likes and stuff like that it it encourages me to continue yeah. to paint and to continue to work on the level that i yeah. want to work on right um yeah man yeah it's, i'm super stoked should be a lot of fun it's good motivation because i really want to get this yeah. tower me done it's definitely <laughs> cool too because we build up a community of players like encouraging each other that's excellent motivation right encouraging <laughs> this is warhammer only destruction okay, jay's gonna be tearing you down so that'll be hard but <laughs> i'm just belittling all your models that's you call, <laughs> just you call that a just, bloody just, angel just, <laughs> bullshit Ian. yeah <laughs> um oh other thing because uh some people do commission get their malls commission painting if you didn't paint it yourself you can't enter it into the contest just FYI. Yeah. Sorry. This is for <laughs> modelers and hobbyists. If you have stuff that's been commissioned painting, you bring it to the event, obviously, but you're not going to win prizes yeah. for it. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, people winning best painted prizes with commission painted stuff. I understand that they spent the money to get something yeah. painted really, really if well. If you don't have the time or the skill to paint your army, but you want to feel to fully paint your army, and you have the money to pay someone, by all means, it's great. But, but this yeah, event exactly, is yeah. for people who are painting their own stuff. So Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add, Jay? No, I don't think so, man. Just sign up, have some fun, right, get some cool. models painted. Well, we'll be right back. All right, we're back with a little bit of Beyond the Rim. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this is our segment where we talk about games other than 40k that uh, we've been playing lately. Mm-hmm. So, Jason, tell us about your recent acquisition. Acquisition. So, for the last, I would say about a month, I've been wanting to buy an Xbox One. I used to play a lot of video games. I've never been a huge computer gamer, mm. um, but I've always been a console gamer. But then I never bought an Xbox One just because, I don't know, when a new console comes out, I always try and wait a little bit before yeah. you actually buy it. So, they get rid of it. You get kind of like the second wave of it or something like that gets rid of the bugs yeah exactly plus more games come out and stuff like that you really get a feel of if it's a system that you want Mm -hmm. so about a month ago I wanted to buy one but there were like none in stock anywhere or the ones that were in stock you could get like for 450 Canadian you could get a 500 gigabyte with like one game or for like 500 for like or maybe it was like for 400 you could get 500 gigabyte one game or for 450 you could get one terabyte with like yeah. three games and that exact same game that came in the in the previous yeah. one. So well, why for fifty bucks? Why would I not spend that fifty bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. But they didn't have any of those other ones, so I'm like, I'm just gonna wait for them to restock. And then the division came out with the new one terabyte one, uh, so I ended up buying that. Mm-hmm. So I got myself an Xbox One. Yeah, and I ended up getting uh, Black Ops Three, the Division. And Battlefield 4, just because I like Battlefield and I want to get some practice in mm-hmm. before the new one comes out at the end of the year. Yeah. So just to get back into the group of playing Battlefield. Yeah. That way when the new one comes out, I'm not a complete noob. Um, yeah. Man, Black Ops 3 is completely different from uh, what Call of Duty 
what I'm used to in a Call of yeah. Duty game. Um, we were actually playing it a little bit last night. I was trying to explain it to you, and you weren't exactly sure what I was talking about. And then you actually played it, you're like, oh, okay, I yeah. get what you're saying. Whereas, like, now it's all, like, sliding and jumping and running on walls, and it's still just a shooter. But it, it feels a lot more like an Unreal Tournament game as opposed to a Call of Duty game. Yeah, because you were saying, like, oh, it's got all this crazy high tech. I'm like, okay, well, Ghosts and Black Ops 2, they had new tech and stuff. And then when I actually played, I'm like, okay, this de- this is just not new tech. It just feels very different. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. now that I've... When I first played it, I wasn't the biggest fan, but I just kind of come to the agreement that, okay, this is how games are played nowadays. Mm-hmm. This is what the new generation likes. I'll just get used to it, and I'll suck it up and stop complaining about it. Yeah. Now that I've been playing it, I really like it, but I don't even think of it as Call of Duty. Yeah. Like, when you're talking to a guy that played, like, in, like, the heyday of my, like, video game playing, mm-hmm. it was, like, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, like, the first one, Call of yeah, Duty 4, four, right? And it's, like, to me, that's what a Call of Duty game is. It's, like... All the maps still have like a long sniping range area, but you can still run close with your MP5s and stuff like mm. that. It's like a little bit slower, um, not compared to like this game where it's like super, super fast paced. You're always yeah. running. I don't know how people snipe in that game then. Yeah. Well, if you think about it from Call of Duty 4 mm-hmm. to Call of Duty Ghosts, it's been very consistent type of gameplay. Yeah. With lots of tweaks, but yeah. like the core experience has been very consistent. Mm-hmm. And now with Black Ops Three, it's taken a huge leap. Yeah. Well, it's so, also different companies as well that do them. Like yeah, Ghost is Activision, and uh, Black Ops is Treyarch. Treyarch, yeah. Yeah, but they still feel very similar. Yeah, I still feel like between Black Ops Two and Black Ops Three, it's feels like a completely different game as well. Yeah, exactly. That's right? what like I mean. it still has the same like class upgrades and like how you have ten points and stuff. Yeah. But um, it's different, and I've actually but, changed the way that I make my classes as yeah. well. Um, but Black Ops 2 to Ghosts, I mean, is, like, still very similar. Still similar. Like, yeah. That's what we normally do. Before I had an Xbox One, we would hang out, we would play, like, Ghosts. And then after kind of a while of getting more of playing Ghosts, we would switch over to Black Ops. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but I've switched up the way that I make my classes. I used to always make classes in, like, the old school way. Like, you always have a primary, and then you always have your secondary pistol and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I think I came from the Activision games of, like, you didn't have a choice. You had to have a secondary. Yeah. And then I started, like, watching some videos online and stuff, and I realized that a lot of the top guys, they don't use secondary weapons. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have 10 points to spend, don't spend them on a secondary, because there's so many dead people lying around with weapons. You pick up the first weapon you see, switch back to your primary. Plus, would you not rather have a submachine gun for free than to have a pistol that you have to pay for? Mm, I like pistols because it's easier to, quicker to swap to them. If you have fast hands, it's the same either way. Oh, is it? Okay, well. Um, but why would you have fast hands if you don't have a secondary weapon in the first place? True. Well, fast hands is also reloading. And oh, well, fast hands is also uh, hands up when you're spinning down. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, so, yeah, and I, I don't take grenades anymore. I don't take any yeah. points in grenades. And I just put all my uh, extra points into, like, attachments and then perks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's a lot of fun. But I also, the Xbox came with the Division, which I was interested in, but I hadn't really played i watched a little bit of gameplay online i was like this looks kind of cool it looks like someone i can get behind but now that i've been playing it wow is that game fun yeah i'm like i don't have an xbox i have a pc mm-hmm. and i i was reading online i can't tell if there's gonna be cross-platform or not it seemed like there were contradictory things going back and forth but yeah. even if there isn't i'm tempted to get it because that's so much fun it is a lot of fun it's um the best way to describe it is it's like a mix between call of duty Gears of War with like a little bit of like that Destiny you find weapons and pick them up yeah. mixed in there um, and like large open worlds and stuff mm-hmm. and it's a one to one scale of Brooklyn 
Yeah. I mean, not all of it is unlocked, but that's like going to be downloadable content eventually. They're going to open up more areas. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of fun just like running through like ruined streets of New York with the cars everywhere. You're grabbing cover to cover to cover. Um, You can like, as you level up, because it is an RPG, as you level up, you like get new kind of like perks or abilities. So like I have like a, the first one you get, one of the first ones you get is like a scan so you can see like the enemy outlines around you and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, A lot of fun. Yeah, it's... I really like it because it's. It feels like one of the games I've wanted to play mm-hmm. for a while. Like Destiny, I really liked, but it didn't. There have There's something missing in it. Yeah, the group support. Yeah, like that's right. Matchmate, like yeah. finding people and. Clan, is there a clan support division? I'm not sure if there's clan support. I mean, you can only really team up with a group of four. I think is the max. There should be clan support. There isn't. That's so stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like not that, really a. There's no player... Like, there is player versus player in the Dark Zone, but it's not, like, deathmatch player versus player. Yeah, but you want... So, like, you have your group of guys, your group of friends, and when you're together, you just team up together. Yeah. Every time you're together, you team up together. Yeah, I just... I, I'm a huge advocate of it's an MMO. Mm-hmm. There should be... And it it is would be MMO. cool to... I don't know if you can add, like, a title in front of your name, because it would be cool to have a title, and, like, let's say you... The Dark Zone is, like, the player versus player area. Yeah. Let's say, like... Oh, well, I'm part of a clan that we kill players. That's what we do. We're a bunch of bandits. Mm-hmm. And it has that, like, gang mentality then. Whereas, like, whenever you see, like, oh, that gamer, like, that clan tag is, mm-hmm. like, notorious with killing players. Yeah. I should stay away from those guys or try and hunt those guys down whenever I see them. Yeah, or even just being able to, like, go online and you can log into, like, clan chat with a group of... Guys that are always running around, even if you're in different squads. Yeah, like like-minded people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like a PvP clan or a PvE clan or mm-hmm. like a clan that's only mature people, no teenagers throwing their heads off. Yeah, yeah, And then you have a pool of people you like who you can group with. Yeah, because much like Destiny, you get more out of a game like this when you're playing with other people. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be playing these missions by myself. I have a lot more fun when you're playing with a teammate who's like, as you're gunning them down, he's flanking around and yeah. stuff like that. You're going to get more out of a game Well, like that. and that was the huge thing with Destiny. It's like, I don't... I can get matched up for like a quick instance, mm-hmm. but if it's for raids and shit, like you need six people and there's yeah. no matchmaking. No, it is still like a... An RPG, I don't want to say, it's not an MMO, but like... it, It's an MMO. Okay, but it's not like your typical MMO. Oh, is there a typical MMO anymore? It doesn't, it doesn't have the same feel as like uh, World of Warcraft. I think it does. Watching it? it kind of not... Okay, here's the thing, this is what I'm saying about it, is that, like the point that I'm trying to get to, I play Destiny and I don't feel like I'm, ha- I'm being challenged. Like, yeah, okay, I play a level on a harder difficulty, but in the end, I get equipment and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's no challenge to getting the equipment. It's just like, oh, I get another random weapon. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. Mm-hmm. In in when you're in the dark zone, I find an amazing weapon, and you get that feeling of, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I found an mm-hmm. epic weapon. No, guess what? You don't own that epic weapon yet. Now you have to bring that epic weapon to a um, extraction zone yeah. where you fire a flare, and all the other players in the area find out that you're firing a flare. And they can come and kill you and take that weapon from you before you have it. Mm-hmm. That adds such a whole like other dynamic to the game that I don't haven't seen in like other MMOs where you can steal weapons from people. I think. What about like Eve? Where you can like gank a player and then take their yeah okay shit. Eve yeah yeah for sure because like, an MMO isn't that like there's different types of MMOs yeah, yeah. for sure. But the MMO is that like persistent I, yeah I guess I, I should say it doesn't feel as like friendly as as Eve does. I'm not even. It doesn't feel as friendly as Destiny does. No, it doesn't. It's, right. Which it's, I like. It's much more like DayZ, where you can't trust anyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and DayZ isn't really an MMO, but it, it 
could be on a big enough server. Sometimes yeah. it feels like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I I think it, I think if you're going to do an MMO or a game close to an MMO, you need uh, group matchmaking support and you need clan support. And mm-hmm. you don't have that, it the game's not going to be have as much longevity. Yeah, because that creates communities that will want to support the game. Mm-hmm. Like years after it comes out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Cool. Uh, what have you been up to? Oh, uh, painting isn't enough. <laughs> uh, no, I played uh, Tyler from the Great Windsor Table Warriors Club that I'm part of. On Tuesday nights, we go to Brimstone, play some games, and he's been getting an X-Wing, so I've been playing them uh, a couple times now. Mm-hmm. And so this last week, I brought my quote-unquote like tournament build. So it's, the I think I mentioned it before, three ships, K-Wing, uh, T-70 X-Wing, and B-Wing with they're all named pilots, etc., etc. And Tyler ran not a swarm, but four ship lists, the two very basic TIE foes, uh, Vader in a TIE Vance, and Sunter Fell in an Interceptor. Ooh, which is like really good. Yeah. And with some upgrades and stuff. Yeah, Sunter Fell's like a really good yeah. character. So playing that and I came third place in a tournament with this list. And so I'm thinking, oh yeah, I got this. Tyler's still learning, mm-hmm. even though he is like one of the top players in the club. Mm-hmm. He just, like, kicked my ass. <laughs> so I could have played it better, but, like, what I realized is my list is very good against two ship lists, mm-hmm. which is what I faced a lot of at the tournament. So my K-Wing locks him down with an ion turret, my other two ships just uh, uh, maneuver out of arc yeah. and take him out. Well, when there's four ships on the board, that makes it a lot more difficult, especially when they're maneuverable TIE fighters. Yeah, I feel like with that list, though, if you take out Sun Tier, you're probably pretty good. Yeah, but I couldn't... He was so maneuverable, I yeah, couldn't keep him mind So, yeah. anyway, so yeah, I got taken apart. Like, it was a really good match. Yeah. I shouldn't say he kicked my ass. Like, it was pretty close, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's that turning point where it's just like, oh, I've lost too much. I'm about to lose this ship. Mm-hmm. It's, I can kill enough. It's pretty much dead. Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of an eye-opener, and I'm working on a new tournament list. I'm yeah, trying I'm to also go here. to a four-build with two T-70s, which I think was is a... Like was a championship similar to championship. I was gonna say, list. have you looked at the top championship list? I think Tyler was telling me about that. I mean, so. this is like, I find X Wing is kind of a game where like a big turn will happen, and then you'll see the top five lists. I think we've talked about this before yeah. on the show, but like you'll see like the top five lists, and it seems like people will play those lists until the next yeah tournament comes around, and then there's a new top five list, and then people start playing those ones, right? Yeah. Well, I don't want to just copy a net list but like no 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 but inspiration. I think that you should try playing those lists yeah and then being like okay I like what this list does mm-hmm. I'm gonna take what this list does and then make my own build based yeah. off of that strategy yeah. right because I find that X-Wing is um, a lot of synergy and like your list has to be like well it's a crit list it's yeah. a stress list something like that yeah right? well mine was like an ionized arc dodger list yeah which, but that doesn't work as well when there's lots of ships. Yeah, on the exactly. Board. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Anything else? Um, so we've been talking a little bit about Age of Sigmar yeah. and Beyond the Rim. It's probably the campaign that I've been in is coming to an end. I think tomorrow's the last day. Mm-hmm. Um, so our content for Age of Sigmar might go down a little bit, but I'm gonna try and continue to get games in. Yeah. Um, just so we're still talking about it because we are getting positive responses on talking about Age of Sigmar. Cool. Um, so while I'm not the biggest fan it's not my favorite game to play mm-hmm. I still will get in some games just yeah, yeah. to talk about but also we'll maybe try and add some Age of Sigmar news into this segment yeah. something like cool. that um, also Skaven are awesome so yeah I mean who doesn't love some rats right <laughs> uh, 
Uh, there's actually a Pestilence book that just came out. Yeah. With some of the box set stuff that came out. Yeah. Um, that I'm thinking about picking up because, I don't know, I love reading Skaven stories, man. Yeah. The um, Remember the old, like, Dragon Slayer and Skaven Slayer books? Yeah. What are those Felix and Gortag or Yeah, Felix and Gortag. Yeah. Gortrex. Awesome like books. Man, those are so much fun, yeah. those books. Um, especially the Skaven one. If you haven't read, I think it's called Skaven Slayer. Well, they all have Skaven in them because the main bad guy's Main bad guy, but this particularly Skaven Slayer. The Skaven yeah. Slayer story is so good, man. Yeah, I think I was, that's one of the first ones. Because I read a bunch of them. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going back and reading those again. But anyways, I did end up playing a game the other week. It was supposed to be a four-way game of three people attacking my keep, like my base. Yeah. Which, if you've listened to me talk about Age of Sigmar, I'm not very good at it, and I don't have the models that can like keep up with these other armies. Mm-hmm. But I had my keep, which was just a forest. <laughs> it was a forest, and I took my 20-man Rathquan, my warlord, and I just like made a giant pile of them sitting in the forest. <laughs> Um, Should we look at tunnel entrance? In it was there a rat something? orgy nest. What do you want? <laughs> um, and then, but we ended up playing kind of like making an alliance. Mm-hmm. So it was me with um, Alfonso who was playing uh, Destruction. I don't know if it was just ogres. I think it was just ogres. Yeah. But maybe he had a few other things in he, there. As he well. was painting one. The yeah, yeah. The There's like these massive cannons. I don't know what the names of them are, but they do. They're really, really good. He yeah. has like two or three of them. Um, we, you know, they have a unit of like regular, uh, I was going to say regular Ogrens, but Ogren, all, yeah, Ogres carrying normal size cannons. Oh, really? yeah, I think he had some of those. Yeah, he had yeah. some of those too. Yeah, and the cannons are stuffed with like spears and axes and stuff yeah. like that. Like, they don't fire bullets, they fire... Uh, grape shot. Yeah. That's what it's called, yeah. Um, so it was us teaming up against uh, Zach playing Stormcast and D'Souza playing Elves. Okay. And what they else? were basically oh no, just Elven Alliance. Okay. Um and he had like a triple dragon formation, which Ooh. was just like dirty. Yeah, it was basically me putting my when I play against like one on one, people tend to be like, Okay, I know what you have, so we'll play like a more like a skirmish game. Mm-hmm. But they just like it became a dick swinging contest. <laughs> it's just like, Well, I'm putting this guy on the board, well, I'm bringing three dragons then and I'm like, guys, you can realize you all could just destroy my keep in one turn and win, right? Like, no, we just want to kill each other, okay. <laughs> Um, bring three dragons. I'm bringing twenty rats. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun. We ended up losing, but uh, put up a little bit of a defense. A little bit. Uh, my assassin has just been like crazy in this game, and nice. he's made three assassinations off of heroes. Nice. Um, which he's not the named assassin. He's just a regular assassin, so he's yeah. mediocre. He's not like amazing, um, but still good when you like infiltrate with a squad of, of gutter runners and you. End up coming in there and he appears and kills a character. Yeah. And rattling guns. Rattling guns are amazing. If I was to get into the game, I'd probably pick up another three rattling guns. Mm. And then there's a formation you can take where uh, if the rattling gun is within like six inches of the. It's like three inches or six inches of clan rats. Mm-hmm. Um, if they someone shoots at them, you roll a dice and on a pass, they the wounds go to the clan rats instead. Oh, nice. So it's like they sneak into the clan rats. Yeah. And you're just like hiding the rattling guns in there. Um, because rattling guns, you roll it gets hot basically, and when it gets hot, it takes D three mortal wounds, and the model only has three wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a two or higher, you roll forty six shots instead of two D six shots. Oh wow! Which I mean, if you're within nine inches, you're hitting on threes, wounding on fours, as opposed to up to eighteen. Mm-hmm. So from ten to eighteen, it's hitting on fours, wounding on fours. Okay. But I think it's a minus one rend to their save. Oh um, nice! So it ends up being like pretty dirty, especially if you roll high. Like you're rolling like fifteen shots. 
Yeah. Against the regular unit, they probably going to be taking out a lot That's of guys. Cool. Um, even heroes. I ended up taking out a dragon with them. Two oh, two nice. guns just. Yeah. Eight d six shots against this dragon. Yeah, he has like a like a four or five plus save. With that many hits, you're going to fail a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, still end up losing. I don't win a lot of Age of Sigmar games, but yeah. it was fun to watch these other guys kind of go at it. Yeah. I don't win a lot of forty k, so it's okay. <laughs> and so the last game of the campaign is tomorrow. And from what I understand, it's everyone is playing, and it's probably going to be two sides. I would think eh, there might be a four way battle because there are four different um, alliances or like right. orders or whatever. Um, Chaos, death, destruction, order. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you bring your warlord and his retinue, retinue. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, which have been like upgraded and stuff. I haven't really upgraded my stuff because I don't win games anyway, so it's not going to matter. And my retinue is absolute garbage because it's just mm-hmm. clan rats, which yeah. are probably the worst unit in the game. <laughs> Granted, their points cost, like, in fantasy was, like, super, super cheap. I think yeah. they ended up being, like, one point a model or something was done. One or two points a model in Two fantasy. points for slaves, I think. Something like that, yeah. yeah. It's, like, super, super Can cheap. Maybe four, three, but, four. yeah, that transitions over well. For someone who didn't play the last edition of fantasy, yeah. uh, I didn't know that. And I was just like, oh, clan rats, okay, they're just your basic unit. No, they're absolute garbage. Um, so I made that mistake. I'm going to try and make it in. I have plans already, but hopefully I get in just to get that fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, uh, that's pretty much it. Tune in next time to see if Jason made it to the tournament. Yeah, to see if I actually won a game of Age of Sigmar. Nope, he slept in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's pretty much it. All right, cool. All right, we'll be right back to close up. All right, we're just uh, wrapping up episode 10 of Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. It's already been 10 episodes, eh? Yeah, uh, 11 if you count the Force Awakens special edition. And I think we're going to end up doing a Batman versus Superman special episode, another little round table. Yeah. Might try and get that out in the next month. Yeah. Give it a few give it a few weeks to breathe, let everyone see <laughs> it and then bring an episode out. Yeah. Uh, I'm not super excited for that one, but I'm not either, so it should be interesting, yeah. but uh, some of our guests are very excited. Yeah, for it. sure. So So it's going to be interesting to have. I mean, who knows? It, I I honestly haven't watched that many trailers. I actually turned off some of the trailers for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see, like, is this going to be a movie that I didn't think was going to be very good, and because I didn't think it was going to be very good, I love it? Mm. Or am I still going to stick with my hatred for most things DC? (laughs) Is it a good movie? Because DC has spent so much effort lowering the bar. Stay tuned. (laughs) But yeah, man, uh, super pumped. Ten episodes. Let's keep it going. Yeah, uh, hopefully we'll do ten more, and then we'll retire. (laughs) Walk off into the sunset. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, so yeah, uh, support your local hobby stores. If you're in Windsor, uh, check out Brimstone Games and CG Realms. And if you're in Toronto, uh, come on by to Games Workshop Young and Lawrence. Uh, there's also a lot of communities in the area, you know, uh, dueling grounds. A lot of guys go there too and check out Meeple Mart. Also, if you're in Toronto and you want to get in on some kill team, uh, return to Colorax is starting up April 1st. It's the first day. Just because you don't make it on that day doesn't mean that you can't swing by and join the campaign at any point. Really, if you're playing this campaign to win, it might not be the right campaign for you. It's more of a narrative campaign. So even if you just stop by and you get you know, two or three weeks in, even one week, yeah. where you can just feel the force, awesome, man, come on by, join yeah, up. Check us out on Facebook and iTunes, and you can uh, drop us a line on iToySoldiers or at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. And uh, if you have any questions for rules lawyering that you want us to cover or anything yeah. like that, feel free to send us a line. We're going to, whatever request we get, yeah, we'll definitely. do. <laughs> we're easy that way. <laughs> yeah, we're always looking for new content. If you have a problem in your games and want us to dig deep into that rule, let us know. 
We like right. doing it. So uh, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this.